Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. Okay, so out of our lesson, all addictions and bondages start with natural reasons. Addictions and bondages start with natural reasons. Addictions and bondages come when we try to handle life's problems with a natural, earthy, demonic answer. Now, for the most part, a lot of this stuff has developed in our our pre-Christian world. Most of this stuff, God's not even mad at you about this. This started in your pre-conversion world, right? So you didn't even know better. Everybody say, I didn't know better. There's a lot of stuff. Now, here's the deal. Unfortunately, we end up hanging on to a lot of stuff that started in our pre-conversion world. And God, in his love, is trying to wash that stuff out of our perspective. He's not freaked out that you were handling things in a natural way. You didn't have any other illumination. You didn't have another revelation. You didn't have another way to handle things. But the Word gives you an alternative. His Word and His Holy Spirit is leading you into an alternative way of handling life, right? Examples of natural reasoning, on down the page. Examples of natural action or actions that result in bondage. Number one, for instance, you are controlling because you can't lose control. Well, why would you be controlling? Why would anybody be controlling and manipulative? Um, Well, it's probably very much interrelated to hurt. It's very much related to injury and damage and abuse. And so the natural reaction to injury and damage and abuse is to try to protect yourself from further injury, damage, and abuse, right? So it seems to make sense. You can't take the risk of losing control because this is how you were hurt. You talk fast so that others can't talk. You talk fast so that, so that you're not interrupted. You talk fast because you want to, or you talk much, Or you don't talk at all. Sometimes we don't talk at all because that also is a method of control. Keep people guessing and keep them on their toes. Refusing yourself, refusing to trust yourself to God. Now, this is one of the dangers, by the way. One of the dangers of allowing a controlling mindset due to or out of injury. One of the dangers is that not only are you not trusting God, I mean trusting people, you're not trusting God. And maybe you're saying, maybe you're, maybe you're thinking right now, oh, no, no, I can trust God and not trust people. But what the Bible says is that your horizontal relationships determine the depth of your vertical relationships. Number two, we get angry because it works. Uh, It gets a response. It causes people to get out of the way. It intimidates. It makes things happen for you. 
These are just illustrations, by the way. Anger might not be your deal, okay? Uh, control might not be your deal. Fear could be your deal. Uh, defensiveness could be your deal. Inferiority could be your deal, okay? Uh, false humility could be your deal. Um, we had to sign some papers today with a notary, and so the notary came to our house, and um, pride was his deal. He was real suave and real cool. And I wish you could have all been a fly on the wall. Oh, you would have loved to see Mrs. Wolf's reactions. Life throws you a lot of curves, but remember, there's actually a diabolical plan behind those curves. So many things that are coming our way are preconditioning us. They are meant to sabotage our thinking. See, before your future really gets sabotaged, your thinking will be sabotaged. Or you'll find that circumstances are set up to move you into a way of thinking. So then we become bitter. We become negative of thought. We become unbelieving. We become despairing of hope. And in order to cope with life, then we need tools. We need special tools, new tools. I call them workers, employees, temp workers from Labor Ready. Yeah, we bring on these particular expressions or thoughts or processes so that we can handle the bummers of life. And most all of this is happening before we come to Christ and learn there's a better way, there's a higher way, there's a God way to live. Well, thank you for tuning in to Recover Life and to Restored Life Radio. We hope you'll enjoy today. We're going to talk about renewing the mind and, of course, how these things get started in the first place, negative thoughts, negative perspectives. We hope that you'll keep coming back to Restored Life Radio every Sunday, 1130. Tell your friends about it. Join us at the Restored Life Institute. We're right off of the freeway in Fife. We're meeting right now every Thursday night. We've been going since 1997. It's not a new ministry. It's something, though, that we're now releasing into the whole Puget Sound area, hoping that you'll find life, you'll find restoration, and you'll find encouragement. So join us on Thursday evenings in five, five blocks off of the freeway, exit 137, there at the Restored Life Institute. God bless, and we hope you enjoy the program today. Anger. You fail to embrace the greater power of grace and love. Yes, there's a time for anger. But if you've become a victim to anger, using it as a tool, then what once you controlled now controls you. Number three, we can drink or smoke or snort or shoot because it makes us feel better. You're using food or drugs to numb your pain. Here's this temp worker. I'm going to hire this temp worker. I really don't want a bondage. Well, guess what? These temp workers like excesses, excesses, right? Sexual temp workers, medication temp workers, okay? So our thinking, we're, we're, we're well, I deserve this, <laughs> My life is too hard. My life's too rough. I deserve this. Okay? Um, all of this stuff interrelated to our thinking creates a bondage. 
So we're hoping to forget all of our problems, our pain, and our failure, escape our fears. But as we do this, then we're setting ourselves up for deeper levels of bondage. Number four, we needed to seek relief when our dreams were shattered. After all, why did God let this happen to me? And if I can't trust him, who can I trust? Obviously, no one. All of my dreams are going to be shattered, just like this last one. Hopelessness. So why press on? Why care? Why work so hard? What's the use? Number five, I'm tired of rejection. I need love. I'm tired of rejection. Guess what? I can't be rejected by pornography. I can't be embarrassed. I can't be called names. I can't be made to feel worthless or inferior. I can't be made to feel homely or yucky through fantasy and sexual expressions like this. Besides, it's not really hurting anyone. I mean, who's it really hurting? So yeah, we could get involved with pornography and sexual sin because it feels good to the sinful nature, but also because we believe the lie that those relationships are safe and that they don't harm us. They don't harm anybody. Is it true? Are they harmful? Yeah, extremely harmful. Attached to that thinking is bondage. Attached to that thinking are multiple levels of bondage. And if I submit to that thinking, the binky becomes a bondage, the temp worker comes on payroll, what I used to control now controls me. It starts to take over the company. Anything outside of the God realm that we allow in our thinking is not just bringing the temp worker on the payroll, but it's putting them on the board of directors. You've got to remember that. That any time we bring negative, unclean, perverse perspectives into our lives and we allow those perspectives to have a place and we don't fight them, we don't resist them, we're bringing them on the board of directors. Make sense? Number six, sometimes we pursue immoral relationships or inappropriate relationships. Everybody say inappropriate. Looking for love and affirmation often out of rejection or the need to be important. Often not setting out to have immoral sexual relationships, just needing someone who will say that we're okay, someone who will care about us. I always tell people, if you need a relationship, don't seek one. Wait till you don't need one. Because if you need one, you are now wearing a target of vulnerability that the enemy will oblige you to. You follow what I'm saying? So if you really need a relationship, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying, obviously, all of us need relationships. But I'm saying, if you're being driven by a need for affirmation out of a relationship, you're not ready for a relationship, and that is a target that the enemy will fire abusive bullets at. Wait until you are more secure in God. Wait until 
your perspective is, I could enjoy a relationship, but I don't have to have one to have self-worth, to have identity and purpose. Right? Number seven, another, another um, key... Another key to wrong thinking or deception uh, in the realm of our thought life and our mind is uh, oftentimes we get involved in following a mentor or a model and submitting to their lifestyle, right? I don't know if the boys want to be like me anymore. Actually, Sterling does still. Sterling still wants to be like his father, but he's the youngest one. But, you know, when the boys were really young, um, you know, Joel would say, oh, I'm sure glad you don't have this habit, or I'm sure glad you don't have that habit, because uh, they would emulate or copy everything I did. In Isaiah 55, we see God saying that he has a way of thinking, and we have a way of thinking. He says that his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, this is the one that's... One of the greatest things that we can do is choose the thoughts of God. We need to run to the thoughts of God instead of away from the thoughts of God because the way God thinks will produce the results of God. And whatever's born of God, 1 John 5, 4, will overcome. We've got such a great coach in the Holy Spirit, such a great coach in the Word, such a great coach that when we allow Him to renew our mind, reprogram our thinking, there's nothing that we will not be able to do. The things he's put into our heart, the things that he's planted and deposited us, he will coach us into seeing the fruition, the reality of those very things. I know that your heart is just like mine. You want to overcome every sabotaging thought and sabotaging reality. And choosing God's thoughts is a key to that. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man will not live by bread alone. What he was saying was that we need something higher, that there's a higher bread. He said, man will not live by every bread alone, but, or by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's my heart for you. That's my thought for you. And that's what God has for you. God has words. God has special words in his word, that's Logos, and his special words to you, that's Rhema, wherein he wants to guide you, direct you, and coach you into renewal, into restoration, into recovery, getting back on your track A, your path A, and off of those detours over there in path C, and path B, and path D. Did you know you can do that? That's what God has for you. God has restoration for you. Restoration is not getting back to where you were. Actually, restoration might be getting back to where you never were. So remember that as you think about God and his purpose and his greatness for you. Restoration is getting back to the Eden you've never even had. God bless you. Join us and visit our website. Would you do that? www.edu.com newhcc.com come visit our website at newhcc.com and join us on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at New Horizon New Horizon is the sponsor of the Restored Life Institute Restored Life Radio and Recover Life 12 Step Ministry all that we're doing we're doing it because God's led us to be a blessing to you now enjoy the program 
and we'll see you soon. What's Romans 12:1 and 2 say? Let's go, let's go back to let's go back to some of our theses with recover life, right? Um, remember last week I said that you cannot change your life by working on your outer being alone. You can't change your life with a sponsor. You can't change your life with a mentor. You can't change your life with more discipline. You can't change your life with a list on the fridge. You can't change your life with goals. You can't change your life with any external only. You have to change your life from the inside out. You have to change your life by renewing your mind. Transformation comes by renewing your mind. You can't even fully change your life by getting born of the Spirit, by getting born again. There are many messed up Christians who will probably be in heaven and they are tapping into the principle of forgiveness, but their lives are still a mess and they can't pay their bills and their relationships are a mess and they're estranged from their children. And I could give you a laundry list of problems, right? Some of you have heard me say it before. There's actually people in the world who are not saved who have a better quality of life than many Christians. Why is that? Because of the deposit, the treasure on the inside of their heart that was put there through the blessings of generations. Remember the, gener remember the blessings are passed to a thousand generations. So some people, even though they're raised not knowing God, they are raised in a healthy environment of truth, honesty, and affirmation. You follow what I'm saying? So Romans chapter 12, part of what we're trying to do in, in recover life, restore life, part of what we're trying to do is go beyond salvation. We don't want you just born of the Spirit and forgiven of sin. We want your mind renewed, your soul. The whole New Testament is about the soul. Mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Be no longer conformed to this world, but be transformed, not by getting saved, not by salvation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Salvation does not transform you. Salvation gives you the potential for full transformation. Now, now hear me. Salvation is a transforming work. It really is. And you are a transformed being. But if you don't go on to submit to, agree with, in the inward man, who God has made you to be in the new creation, then you will never experience or fully taste of or manifest or walk out the transformation that belongs to you. Am I making sense? You'll be like you'll be like the uh, you'll be like the what is it that turns into the butterfly? You'll be like the caterpillar that comes out of the cocoon stage into the butterfly stage that never grows its wings. 
you'll be stalled. You'll be stalled out if you don't renew your mind. Now, the Word of God, the Word of God is the, the foundation and the substance for transformation. This is why the Word of God is so important, right? I mean, the Word of God is so good. Like Ephesians 4, 24 through 26. Ephesians 4, 24 through 26 talks about anger, right? Be angry. Everybody say, be angry. But sin not. Oh, that's interesting. Be angry, but sin not. What's, what's the Holy Spirit doing in the Word? He's counseling us about there's an anger that will produce good, and there's an anger that will produce bad. Anger is an emotion that is interrelated to unrighteousness, right? So if you've been violated or somebody else has been violated, it would be normal to have anger. But don't sin. This would be interrelated to Romans chapter 12, 19 through 21. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So if somebody violates me or hurts me or does something wrong, I might be angry about it. That's good. That's actually a zealous emotion to make this wrong right. But... Be angry, but sin not. And solve it quickly. Do not let the sun set on your anger. So solve it quickly. So how am I going to solve this without sinning? Well, sin would be profanity, mean, judgmental, acting like I've never sinned, like I've never failed somebody. Anybody in the room ever failed somebody? Yes. And so when somebody, anybody ever damaged somebody? Anybody ever hurt somebody? So then when somebody damages you, one level of sin would be for you to pretend that you've never done the same. And if you pretend you've never done the same, that means you won't be merciful. And to withhold mercy would be another level of sin. So be angry. This is Ephesians 4. I'm trying to show you how the Word of God will cleanse you. The Word of God is higher than our thinking. The Word of God adjusts our thinking. The Word of God renews our mind. The Word of God brings our thinking to a higher level, and the fruit of a higher level is good. Prosperity, blessing, favor, goodness, right? So this person violates me. They hurt me. I'm not going to pretend I've never hurt somebody else, but I'm going to go to them, help them understand what they've done, and show them that I'm willing to release them and encourage them not to do it again. Right? Now all at once I've won, now all at once I've won my friend or this enemy, but no doubt the relationship now will be better than the relationship was before. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.